Welcome to TED In Your Head, the 10-minute podcast created exclusively to help you eliminate bad habits and success-limiting fears and beliefs so that you too can win at life and business. Your host is Ted Moreno, certified hypnotherapist and high-performance coach. On this show, we tackle the trash and talk some truth to transform your mind. Let's check it out and welcome your host, Ted Moreno. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Ted in Your Head podcast. I'm Ted, your host. I'm a hypnotherapist and a high-performance coach. been doing this for a long time, like my job. And what I do is I help people change their thinking, because it's our thinking that keeps us from health, happiness, and success. And many times people come to me and say, hey, you know, I... I realize that my thinking is keeping me from doing what I want to do. Maybe their thinking thinking is fear-based. Maybe their thinking is, I can't do it or I'm no good. As a hypnotherapist, I use the tool of hypnosis to work at the level of the subconscious mind to remove these old programs. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, if you're ready to hit the ground in 2021 running and making something happen, then I'll tell you how to get in touch with me at the end of today's podcast. For now, we're going to get into uh, today's show, which is uh, about the fear of death. Now, you might be asking yourself, fear of death? Holy mackerel. It's Christmas time, man. What are you talking about that for? Well, I've been getting a lot of calls from clients about the fear of death, particularly because, you know, it's in the news every day. People are dying because of this pandemic. Uh, so many people are worried about their own health, the health of their parents. Um, and yeah, yeah, everybody has a certain fear. And uh, so I wanted to talk about the fear of death. Um, when I was five years old, I asked my mom if I was going to die. And to her credit, she gave me the straight scoop. She said, yes, you're going to die someday. Everybody dies. And I, I just started crying, sobbing. I said, I don't want to die, saying it over and over again. And she held me, you know, probably regretting her answer. And she comforted me. And she told me that death was a long way off. And I didn't have to worry about it. And I believed her. And I really haven't been that concerned about it since. But as I mentioned, you know, the subject of death is on everybody's minds these days. Many people have had deaths in their family. And I know this subject makes a lot of people uncomfortable, and you might even be feeling some of that discomfort now. The uh, eminent uh, psychologist Carl Jung said, shrinking away from death is something unhealthy and abnormal, which robs the second half of life of its purpose. However, in our culture, we hold a great fear of death and shrink from it because some of our most difficult moments of pain and loss come when we are confronted with the death of another or the prospect of our own. It rarely makes good dinner conversation. Yet, to consider death or even to meditate on it allows us to gain greater meaning from life. In many cultures, there are formal death meditations, and the conquest of death, of course, is a central tenet of all religions. To walk in fear of death means to walk in fear of life, as the 
miracle, and sweetness of life is inseparable from the knowledge of its eventual end. To have a richer, more complete experience of life, we must become comfortable with the idea of death. I like what the character Don Juan says about death uh, in the book by Carlos Castaneda, Journey to Ixtlan. He says, and I quote, death is our eternal companion. It is always to our left at an arm's length. How can anyone feel so important when we know that death is stalking us? The issue of our death is never pressed far enough. Death is the only wise advisor that we have. It may tap you any moment. So really, you have no time for crappy thoughts and moods. End quote. The idea here is, is that the realization that death always stalks us, to use that metaphor, that can give us the awareness that we are not promised any future. And should we receive a future, it is truly a gift and perhaps a miracle, and not to be taken for granted. To complicate, to contemplate our death allows us to understand our relationship to it and why it creates such fear. What is your belief about death? Do you believe you'll go to hell? Or do you believe that you will be with Jesus and all the people you ever loved? Perhaps you believe that you'll get a chance at another go-around, reincarnated as someone or something else. Of course, there are those who believe that when you die, that's it, nothing more. My own sense of it is <laughs> one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to die, and then you're going to be like, wow, I'm dead, which means presumably that your consciousness goes on and you're going to be in some other realm or some other place where you're able to say, wow, I'm dead now. It's either going to be that or nothing. So those are the only two things that can happen, and most people kind of want, you know, the first, right? So what you believe about death will determine how you feel about it. If you have beliefs about death that are fearful, it's useful to ask yourself, are these beliefs hand-me-downs? Or are they re the result of my own searching, searching, pondering, and thinking? You can choose what to believe about what happens at death, as well as why we happen to find ourselves among the living in this place at this time. When asked what the meaning of life was, the Dalai Lama replied to be happy and to make others happy. Jesus of Nazareth said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. That's Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Certainly, these are beliefs that are not only life-affirming, but affirm what we can leave behind. When we're faced with the death of someone we know and love, we grieve the loss, but the bitterness of the loss is tempered by the fond memories of what that person gave us. What's become apparent to me is that the essence of a person is not their body, but the legacy they leave and the impact they have had on you and others. And this essence can last for centuries and even millennia. When my grandmother died, 
I found that every time I look at one of the beautiful plates that she loved to make, that she gave me, or when I look at the cactus she gave to me years ago that are probably just as old as I am, um, she's just as much there in a way, or just as much here with me in a way as when she was alive and maybe even more. Um, my wife's cousin died a few years back, but during my recent vacation with some of her family who, who were close to him, his name was brought up much more than it ever was when he was alive. What he would say or do, how well he played pool, his generosity. So a certain part of everybody we love and lose lives on. So to become comfortable with death doesn't mean that we like it, doesn't mean we enjoy it, doesn't mean we have to think about it all the time. To become comfortable with death, and particularly our own, means that we can remain open to and aware of death's advice. And this is death's advice. Someday I will come for you. Don't waste time being petty or small. You have been given the gift of life and light. What will you do with it? And what will you leave behind after both are extinguished? We may never become comfortable and we may never fully understand the end of life, especially seemingly meaningless and tragic death. Should we choose to contemplate or seek to understand the subject, we do so acknowledging that it will be a lifelong contemplation. And our understanding of it will be informed by our own inevitable experiences. But I would suggest to you that we can continue, even if uncomfortable, to gaze directly and with courage on that which we share with every human that ever lived, our ever-present companion death. I hope you got something from that podcast. And if that's something you want to talk about, or if that's something you want to work on coming more to terms with, tedmoreno.com is my website. Click on the contact menu. Tedinyourhead.com, that's the page on my website where you can learn a little bit more about how to consume my podcast, and you can actually listen to previous episodes. And uh, I'm on all the usual social media outlets, so drop by and say hello. I'll leave you with a quote by Carl Jung, and I just love this quote. He said, as far as we can discern, the sole purpose of human existence is to kindle a light in the darkness of mere being. Thank you so much for listening. Take good care of yourself, and we will talk soon. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Ted In Your Head. If your bad habits and limiting fears and beliefs prevent you from achieving the success you want, it's time to take out the trash, talk some truth, and transform your mind. To learn more about how Ted can personally help you win at life and business, visit www.tedmoreno.com. That's www.tedmoreno.com. Thanks to Dimitri Rosti and Isaac Taylor, 
for their help in producing this podcast. See you next time on the Ted in Your Head podcast.